Harcourt Smith was born in the same year I was, 1946, when she was born high up in the mountains of Switzerland. She grew up in Paris and went to school in France. I kind of envisioned her as Madeline, the little girl who stood in line. And Joanne speaks five languages, three very well, and two well enough to create relationships in that language. Her book, Tripping the Bardo with Timothy Leary, is the love of her life. It took her 30 years to digest and compost the experiences she writes about in that book. She's lived for 40 years in the U.S., and this is where she learned to love herself and others. Joanna is the producer and interviewer for a weekly podcast show that she created starting eight years ago. Welcome to the show, Joanna Harcourt. Hi, Susan. I'm so happy to be with you. And I am so happy to be with you as well. How did you know that you needed to write a book? Well, you know, it was immediately after my experience with Timothy Leary. Um, I met him in Switzerland when I was 26 years old, and uh, shortly after that, we were kidnapped in Afghanistan by the DEA and both brought back to this country, which I barely knew because I... um, had uh, just been here once, and Leary had escaped from prison, and so um, we were kidnapped, and we were both brought back to California, where I'd never been, and then this incredible epic started, where uh, Leary spent three and a half years in prison, and uh, I... uh, I took on the task of um, of freeing him from prison and diving into the uh, counterculture at uh, the age of 26, being European and knowing nothing about the counterculture at that time. So Timothy and I were together for about five years, and as soon as it was over, I knew that I had to record that experience, but, Susan, it took me a very long time to be able to, as I call it, compost the experience and get a real perspective politically, spiritually, psychologically on this amazing story. So how did you start the book? Oh, uh, you know, I remember uh, the first line of my book. Actually, I was in the, on, in the street in one Vancouver a few days ago, and somebody asked me, what's the first line of your book? And I said, uh, the first line of my book is, I'm not just paranoid, I'm plain guilty. And at that time... Um, being a woman, being a being a young woman who'd grown up in uh, Europe, uh, where there was no uh, no inkling yet of the liberation of women, I felt guilty about everything for because I was a woman, and because of everything else that had happened to me in my childhood, where I was abused and 
and blamed as a child for everything that went on. And so when I, uh, when I met Leary, uh, I had taken a lot of drugs already, uh, and uh, I felt guilty everywhere I went and all the time. And when, when you say you had take when you say you had taken a lot of drugs, could you be a little more specific? Yes, yes, I can. I mean, it was uh, we're talking about uh, 1972, and uh, I had already uh, had experience with LSD. Um, it uh, had been. Uh, traumatic but life-changing in the sense that I, uh, it was sort of like the radio station in my mind had been, had been changed by the experience. In other words, uh, I didn't see, I saw a greater, a greater reality than the one that I was stuck in as a, as a European woman, young woman socialite, but I couldn't explain the experience, but I knew that in a way it was a freeing experience. And also, like everybody in my generation, I had uh, smoked marijuana and, uh, and hashish. And that's what I mean uh, by having experiences with drugs at that time. See, I don't consider any of those drugs. That's why I wanted you to be more specific. I completely agree with you. I completely <laughs> agree with you. And I, I I, had that feeling the minute I said that word. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're in this together. Yes, exactly. So you knew um, soon after you moved on from your relationship with Timothy that you were going to be writing about it, but it has taken you 30 years to do that. Absolutely, because um, what, uh, what happened to me was that uh, this I consider a drug. I became an alcoholic. I became yeah. drug addicted yeah. to alcohol, yeah. you see. Yeah. Yeah. And... Um, and I, uh, it took me until 1984 uh, to have the great uh, grace of becoming sober from alcohol. Oh, and blessed be. Yes, blessed be. And then, um, you know, I felt like Mowgli, like, uh, like the child that grew up in the, in the forest with the wolves. I had to relearn everything. And so one step at, the, at a time, it's so great to be talking with a wise woman, of, and there are many. Um, I, after I got sober, I felt I was carried from woman to woman who actually taught me how to live. And, and through their stories, the women through their stories, sharing their stories with me, I started to um, feel compassion for myself. Oh, and then beautiful. to become the human being that I was meant to be. And did that then begin to emerge as you um, started doing your podcasting? Well, um, you see, 
Uh, now, um, I've been sober from alcohol 30 years. So the biggest thing for oh, me... Oh, congratulations. For... Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Thank okay, you. I wasn't sure what kind of time span we were talking about there. Yeah, yeah, long time. Very good, very good. So, yes. um, I and have to say that... And you've only been podcasting that... for eight years. There weren't even computers like that that we had right. access to 30 years ago. Right, right. Right. So I began, you know, my greatest desire since I was a child, uh, I remember the first time I wanted to write a book, I, w I thought about writing a book. I was seven years old. But I also had to learn how to write because in the beginning, uh, 25 years ago, uh, I was, I had, I had so much, uh, uh, shame and guilt that uh, I could barely write there was some woman somewhere, you know, and oh, then I had to go deep into the into my own healing so that little by little i could I could become more specific and I could come out of my shell and i could I could tell this story, which is basically the story of a woman coming into herself as a woman and and freeing herself from this need for men and this addiction to men and so it's basically really uh I had to become who I am today to be able to uh, to tell the story from the point of view of the woman that I am And the title of your book is Tripping the Bardo with Timothy Leary. <laughs> now, I think that everybody who is listening now to Susan Weed here on Women's Radio talking with uh, Joanna Harcourt-Smith has some idea of what she means by tripping. She does not mean falling on her face. Taking <laughs> no. LSD, which, as we know, Timothy Leary was doing then, and so was uh, Joanna Tripping, and we know who Timothy Leary was. But what about Bardo? I know what Bardo is, and you know what Bardo is, but maybe our listeners don't. Could you explain that a little bit? You know, that's a, that's a beautiful question, Susan, because what I really, what I really experienced was um, a, in a certain way, a death of my ego and a rebirth into another life. And in uh, in the Tibetan philosophy, when you die, you go through a bardo uh, for 49 days after you die, where you uh, relive experiences that you've had in your uh, in your previous lifetime, and you and you, so to speak, cleanse yourself from from these experiences, and so. I feel that my adventure with Timothy Leary was a bardo between lives. Mm. And so, yeah, and so that I was I was given, if you like, I was given the grace of this extraordinary story. Again, I would say, because we don't have much time, politically, psychologically, and spiritually, I was given this, terrifying bardo uh which is what i believe today that i needed to in order to become the uh free woman that i am today so 
So my understanding, and please correct me if I've got it wrong, is that bardos are like, they're like different rides at Disney World. That's beautifully said. That is beautifully said, yes. So you you kind of enter the field of bardos, like you go to Disney World, and then you actually don't really get to choose which ride you get put on. You just get put on a ride. <laughs> All right, and you kind of have to figure out, you know, are you on the roller coaster or are you on the the Dumbo ride? Or <laughs> and some of them can be truly terrifying. Terrifying, terrifying. I mean, uh, I I tell in my book uh, the story of uh, when Timothy and I arrived at the airport in uh, Kabul, Afghanistan. Incidentally, Kabul. And uh, our passports were snatched out of his hand, and by um, um, by a guy from the American embassy, and then oh, well, we were take... an American taking your passport and not somebody else. <laughs> well, yeah, but we were delivered to the um, to the Afghanis and then thrown in a on the floor in a hut, Boy. Uh, and without knowing what would happen, and we were. We were captive for three days until we were then taken on to a, a plane that uh, I understand now um, belonged to the CIA and then uh-huh. taken back to the United States with about 14 uh, U.S. agents around us. And uh, it, it was unbelievable. I mean, I, I, could, I could not understand the experience at the time. But today, as you say, it's uh, it's sort of like a terrifying ride at Disneyland. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh. But I, so, you know, I want. So, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Tell us a little, little bit. It seems to me that your podcasting is something that's very important to you. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, you were one of the first people that was kind enough to accept the invitation to be interviewed by me. And I was uh, i was an absolute beginner. It was seven years ago. And, uh, you know, the podcasting is that I realized uh, uh, eight years ago on a bridge in Sevilla, Spain, that uh, I could have my own radio station by podcasting online. And uh, and I'd always adored radio. And then I thought, okay, so then I can invite people like you, and um, I can have these conversations with them. And since I was a little girl, I always wanted to ask people uh, crucial questions. You know, I just always yes. wanted to know why, how, you know. Ah! And it's been fantastic. I mean, I've interviewed over 400 visionaries like yourself. And each week I, I get to read a book and I get to, uh, to interview uh, people that are doing amazing work in the world. I would, I would for instance, because I just pulled this book out by chance, I pulled out this book called War and the Soul, and it's by this man called Edward Tick, who takes veterans who have post-traumatic stress disorder back to Vietnam 
to do a healing journey, amongst other things. I mean, lots of people like that. And every week I, I get to... Uh, I get to speak to people and then put the uh, the conversation up online. And uh, now um, we have close to 12,000 people a month who listen to yeah. uh, to this podcast. So it's it's so beautiful. I'm immensely grateful for this work. Now, I, is, is I, I, at, I just is want that to, at future is that at futureprimitive.org? Is that where they can yes, find the yes. podcast? Thank you. It's www.futureprimitive.org. Okay, so if you want to check in on these wonderful podcasts, and I suspect that you have an archive of them as well. Oh yes, they're all they're all on there. They're all on there. But Susan, I want to say one thing that I think is really important. You know. Uh, we're 68 years old, you and I, and I found, I mean, my my book is The Love of My Life, yes, uh, but I, and I found my soul work at the age of 60 on that bridge when I realized I could do these podcasts. So hang in there, everybody, you know, hang in there. Yes. Because your soul work is looking for you around every corner. <laughs> yes, we do. It doesn't necessarily come to every person when they're a teenager. Some people, you know, it it does not really become clear to them until they're what we would consider rather old. And, uh, yeah, or or just uh, just uh, when. One's youth has been composted, maybe. You know, I love that that idea. Yes. (laughs) Of turning it into something else. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. How amazing. So what was easy for you about writing the book? Um, Well, nothing. to Cuba. Right. Uh, right. That's that's kind of like without what a shark, it's like. Without a shark cage, huh? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that, but it's great because once uh, once I did it, which we finished it a couple of years ago and it came out in October, uh, I'm so at peace and so happy with it. And oh. so happy that uh, I, I fulfilled that uh, that yearning that I had since I was seven years old. Yes. So, so I I I want to say, my friends out there, read "Tripping the Bardo" with Timothy Leary. It's the work of a lifetime. The work of a lifetime. So, is it illustrated? No, it's not. Uh, it's not illustrated. It's. Um, it's. Uh, let's do we get to see photographs of you? And, do we get to see photographs of you and, and Tim? Uh, yeah, you get to see. Well, you no, I didn't put any photographs in there, but you get to see 
a photograph of me on the cover when oh, I was right. 26 years old, and it's really <laughs> worth it. <laughs> okay. Susan, uh, can I read you a poem that I wrote last night? Yes, please. I think so. It's called Life Drew Me As I Am. And it goes, women, please, don't have facelifts. Yes to facials and massages and caresses and stroking and hair tickling and facial exercises. I love the map of my life on my face. The rivers and crevices, tear tracks, pain abysses, laughter avalanches, real, deep compassion, worry lines, frowning at cruelty, my own and others, astonishment at the beauty of a tree or a baby. Those lines on my forehead, traced during the dark nights of my soul, all of it, all of it is my personal geography. Life drew me as I am today, face naked and real like the rock of time in Diablo Canyon. Oh, Joanna, that is magnificent. <laughs> oh, thank you for sharing that with us. Ah. I thought I thought it's very appropriate for us. Yes, truly. I feel such a such a deep love of women and and men, but it's just so it's just so beautiful to be women of our generation and the younger women. I I, but I'm just saying we're so I feel we're so fortunate to have come through what we've come through. Um, to be the post-war generation and to have had the courage to uh, have the experiences that we've had and, again, to compost them and transform them so that we could pass something on to our younger sisters. Well, I appreciate all the effort that you have put into composting your experiences so that you could bring them to the pages of your book because it it is almost like trying to remember a prior life. It really is, but you see, um, I really wanted... I wanted to give a voice to this young woman who was living circa 1973 um, in a post-war world that was in enormous transformation. And I wanted to give this young woman a voice. I wanted to bring her alive. I wanted to... to uh, honor her and just give her uh, give her the enormous voice that she has so that I could love her and we could love her together and and have compassion for who we were and who we are you wrote this book in English 
That's a good. Uh, that's a that's a very good um, remark, Susan, because my first language is French, and um, but I did learn more or less French and English at the same time. But I will, well, I will say this: to me, American is my language of consciousness, because I went to school in French, and the French are a very logical or at least in the times when I grew up, it was very Cartesian, very logical. Feelings didn't have their place. Uh, They were not honored. And when I was in my 20s, I knew English, British. But I really, I learned in American how to express myself, how to express my feelings, how to... Uh, express myself in a real way and also the whole language of what it is that I consider my spiritual life I learned to express in American. Does that make Mm. sense to you? Makes very, very much sense to me. I am not really fluent in any other languages at all, though I have a smattering of uh, other languages, just enough to be able to ask directions, but not enough to understand how to get there. All right. (laughs) 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 That's kind of the story of my book. That's kind of the story of my story with Timothy (laughs) Leary. I could ask directions, but I didn't know how to get there. I couldn't understand the answer, right. Right. And, of course, teaching in, in many places and being translated. Right, and uh, the kinds of things that come up, like I would say, my friend and I went, and the translator would stop and say, was it a male friend or a female friend? And I would say, I'm purposely not saying which it was. And they said, well, I have to know, because I I have to know, you know, which verb to use and which adjective to use. And it has made me so appreciative that English truly is the language of freedom. I I really agree with that. I mean, uh, well, and at the same time, it is very specific. Yes. I mean, very large vocabulary, but we're not tied to, you know, in German, you probably know this, in German, the word for little girl is a neuter word. Yep. Yep. Exactly. How sad that is, isn't it? That is very telling. Yeah, very telling. And and you know what's fascinating is to look in uh, Spanish or in French um, what words are feminine and what words are masculine. Yes. And most of the words of power are masculine in those languages. So... Oh, Joanna, you couldn't hear that, but uh, you probably know from your podcast, the voice just came on and said 90 seconds, and you know they just cut us right off, and I always like to give my guest, that's you, Joanna Harcourt-Smith, the last word, and listeners, this is Susan Weed here at Women's Radio with Joanna Harcourt-Smith. Find her at www.future. Primitive.org. And the last 60 seconds are yours, Joanna. What do you want to leave the listeners thinking about? Oh, 
I want to say know yourself well so that when you look at other people and judgment comes up, you can feel compassion because you know that exact uh, behavior, thought, feeling in yourself. That has been the work of my life, the work of understanding that no matter what the country, no matter what the language, we are all one heart, and we feel many, many of the same things, and we We are... Indeed, and thank you, Joanna Harkwood-Smith, for being with me here on Women's Radio, and thank you, everybody, for reweaving the healing cloak of the ancients. Green blessings and good night. And hey, Joanna, I want a copy of that book. <laughs> Great. I'll send you one. <laughs> okay, Kitty. Love you, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.